Hello, and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that is part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Okay, so, if you are a longtime listener of the show, or you've just listened to a lot of episodes, you will remember that way back in the single-digit days, I mentioned how I was currently on an escapade to play all of the Call of Duty games, right? Uh, I've since done that. And since you were able, since you talked about video games a few weeks ago, now it's my turn. And I would like to give you my definitive Call of Duty rankings. Um, A few caveats. Um, I only played the campaign. I'm not basing this on zombies or multiplayer. It is campaign only. And I did not play the first three. So we're starting at Modern Warfare and moving forward. Sure, man. I won't be able to contribute much. I guess Modern Warfare, the first one. Yikes. All right. Never mind. I will contribute. Yeah. I will. I, con- uh, no, okay. it's campaign only. No, I won't. <laughs> Very bottom of the list. Yes. Black Ops 3. Then next, Ghosts. Then World at War. Then Black Ops 2. Then Modern Warfare 3. Then World War 2. Then Infinite Warfare. Then Advanced Warfare. Then the original Wait, Modern you? Warfare. So Yeah, what's up? Black Ops 2. Let you make choice. It was one of the first one um, that yeah. let you make choices. Why isn't that higher? Up? Yes, because it did not do a good job at communicating how important those choices were, and like, and also the ability to go back and see different versions of those endings was incredibly complex. Like the they had that like horde mode system. I forget what it was called. But, like, there were these, like, special missions that you had to do or you would get the worst ending possible. But they were only available for, like, four campaign missions. Four campaign missions. And the, it was never communicated, or maybe it was and I missed it, but it was never communicated, hey, not doing these will give you a worse ending. Yeah, so but here's that's the thing. where I think it of- should get points for being the first thing to do it. It doesn't need to do it perfect the first time. Because then all the movies started doing yeah. it. And it's very low on this list. I'm just um, so Infinite Warfare, Advanced Warfare, then the first Modern Warfare, then the first Black Ops, then Modern Warfare 2019, then Cold War, then Modern Warfare 2. Wow, that list got whack fast, dude. Dude, holy smokes! Modern Warfare smoke checks Cold War. Okay, but here's the thing: Cold War lets you make choices that are much more clear and cold war also had um side missions that were based on the collectibles you found and you had to decipher the collectibles to unlock those missions and i thought that was a really cool way of having like extra gameplay that wasn't bread and butter forget that there's only freaking eight missions you can do it's like, let me add True, a couple side fair, missions fair. because there's going to be nothing they can do. So if we don't put these side missions in, they're going to beat the game in, you know, three hours. Um, so I was I was appalled at the lack of missions. Fair. Uh, Cold War is also the one where they uh, throw the timeline in the blender because there's no way because they there's no way that a uh, Woods and Alex should have like met back up by at that point. Right. But, Whatever. 
But I really liked the ending. I really liked the whole like sequence where you're running through the red doors and everything. Like that that's probably going to go down as like a classic moment in Call of Duty campaign history. Um I want to talk about Infinite Warfare for a second. It's in the middle of the list because yep. it was the it was the space game that they did right. They tried to do space in Ghosts, wasn't good. Then they did Space in Infinite Warfare and it was better. However, they advertised that game like, oh, Kit Harrington is in this game. We got Jon Snow. He's in the game for 15 minutes max. Like, and physically for five of them. He what was your favorite mostly... celebrity cameo of all, the, of all the movies? What a difficult question. What a very difficult question. Um, because none of them. Oh, I think, I think Gary Oldman. I think Gary Oldman takes the cake. Okay. Um, yeah, he's in three of the ga- He's like in three Black Ops games. There's, yeah, it's Gary Oldman. All right, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so if you have different opinions than me, you are wrong. That's how video games work. Well, if you have different and... opinions than Craig, you're probably right. Because every time Craig expresses an opinion, especially lists, especially lists. Especially lists. It's going to get us canceled. It's whack. I can say the craziest thing whenever Craig brings up a list, that's going to be the thing that gets us canceled. And I just want you to know, I do not agree with what he says, obviously. So I'm not going to voice my opinion too much because obviously I'm not on the same page as him. But please do not let this stop you from recommending this podcast to coworkers, to family and friends. Because obviously so no one So Keegan, when you hear this list and you obviously disagree with me, I know. Hey, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, that that's the only thing I wanted to talk about. Do you have anything before we jump jump into the movie? No. Well, top of my list is the newest Modern Warfare, the 2019 one. That campaign was freaking ridiculous, and I could I'm, I want to yeah. go play it again. Obviously, there were other good campaigns, but that one just like sticks out as like totally worth your time, 100 percent worth your time. It's also a good intro point to the series. Like if you've never played a Call of Duty game before, the 2019 Modern Warfare. There's really no better place to start other than the very beginning. Yeah. The missions are sick and they're very different from one another. The characters are pretty cool. The locations are dope. I highly recommend it. And it's going to take up a lot of your time. Not like freaking Cold War. They can beat super fast. 100% play that game. All right. You ready for the movie? Let's talk about the movie. All right. This week we watched Rain Man starring Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise. We are not going to do two separate uh, non-spoiler versus spoiler sections. We're going to lump it all into one big bit. Uh, So if you don't want to listen to the movie segment for whatever reason, here is your time code to skip ahead right here. Time code 2725. So how did it feel uh, watching a boring movie? Um, I think that like, yeah. So the events were not like super... I wouldn't say they're not engaging. We just got done watching a month worth of Fast and Furious. Everything's going to be boring. You know? Yeah, that, that's what I mean. I was not trying to immediately slight this movie. I'm just saying, when we've watched 10 movies of high-octane guns and nitrous and whatnot, you know, someone traveling across the country with his brother, it's a little bit of a different pace. Right. So, um, If you are unfamiliar with Rain Man, uh, the general gist goes as such. Uh, Tom Cruise is the son of a very wealthy man. He owns a business like 
loaning cars and taking loans out on cars. I didn't quite understand. It sounded very loose. Yeah, well, okay. So he, Tom Cruise, runs a business of getting cars that specific buyers want to get a hold of. And then he kind of takes the cut of like importing them into the country or what have you. That's his business. His father, the, you know, super rich dude. You never really know what his business is. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, yeah. So Tom Cruise is running this business. He's about to go on vacation with his girlfriend. He gets a call. Your dad's died. And he goes to the funeral. He goes to the will reading. And he hear, and he gets told, hey, you get this car and the rose bushes. And that's it. And the $3 million estate is being put in a trust fund for a different beneficiary. And, you know push comes to shove he finds out this beneficiary is an autistic brother that he has never known about before so he goes to visit his brother at the institution that his brother is staying at and eventually comes up with this idea like hey i'm gonna take him back to la take custody over him and get his share of the money which should be mine basic premise of the idea so it's the journey of him taking his brother from Cincinnati, Ohio to L.A. via car. Right. Dude, this movie was good. It is. Um, it won four Oscars. Also, this is like my introduction. I've never seen this movie before. Heard a bunch about Neither it. Neither have I. Um, there's a lot of references to what a Rain Man is person can just pull numbers out of anywhere just makes stuff happen i guess um this is also my introduction to dustin hoffman i've heard the name a million times but i've like yeah i yeah, couldn't same. put you know a face the name he kills it he, he plays the autistic oh, yeah, brother sure. in this um and it's phenomenal um i love their portrayal of a person like that because i know what that looks like personally and i think it was spot on i think they played it very honestly I don't think they were playing up on anything. Actually, when Dustin Hoffman was uh, trying to pick a part in this movie, he was originally supposed to be Charlie Babbitt, Tom Cruise's part. And then he met the savant that this kind of character is based off of. And he goes, no, I have to have the other part. Like the fact that this person who's incredible with numbers, amazing memory, you know, super high functioning savant level stuff exists. He's like, he wanted to play that part. And he does an amazing job. Yeah, and I think Tom Cruise also does a very good job because he does a good job at you see him like grow into like a caregiver position because the first half of the movie is a lot of those like waves of emotions when it's like like the frustration every and decent the person joy who watches this movie hates Tom Cruise for the first hour hate yeah because he's expressing his emotions of what it feels like to travel with like a a difficult traveler but like but also he had no interaction with anybody um with a disability handicap or otherwise no interaction with that he's on a time hack he's never met this person before he's stressed out about money and on top of all that he has just no patience and when you work with autistic people that's literally what's the only thing you need is if you have patience, you'll figure the rest out. And this guy's just like losing his mind interacting with his brother, and everybody hates his guts. Which is yeah, and watching the appropriate him, response. And, and watching him 
grow and gain that patience throughout the movie is in and of itself like worth watching the movie for right um yeah there's a couple hard scenes that a lot of people like it's just gonna make you uncomfortable and that's life bro yeah um dude i don't know i love this movie i think it does play a little slow um yeah that's definitely if like my biggest criticism of this movie is simply how slow it plays itself like in general i do not like road trip movies and the reason this becomes a road trip movie is because he's like all right we're gonna fly to la and when they're in the airport they're at the terminal they're walking to the airplane and raymond which is uh dustin hoffman's character He's like, oh, no, I can't get on a plane. That is um, that is an incredibly dangerous way to travel. I, He's like putting his foot down. I am not flying on an airplane. And he has like an emotional outburst like at the airport. And he's like, fine, fine. Then we're he has like Tom Cruise has a line that's like what would have taken me three hours is now going to take me three days and ends up taking them a week. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's legit. I mean, the thing is, I think I the thing I love about this movie is they played everything honestly. I don't think they made anything yeah. more dramatic than it actually was. I think it was so realistic, and I think that's one of the reasons it won so many awards, is because like none of this seemed fake. Like you'd be like, oh, yeah, this is very believable. I mean, I mean, maybe the reason I feel like it's so believable is just because we got done watching the most unbelievable series we've ever seen. So this is just how <laughs> movies are supposed to be. But it's just, it's a great movie. It is slow. Um, there's a lot of scenes where they're stuck. There's one scene where they're stuck, uh, stuck in a hotel while it's raining. Nothing happens. Um, it's not super important. It's just kind of one of those, just another setback in the journey kind of thing. Um, but I mean, I got about an hour and 20 minutes in. I think that's when they think they made it to Vegas right about there. And I'm like, wait, there's still an hour left. Yeah, I've uh, yeah, because once they're in Vegas and like things start happening, that's where I was like, all right, let's see what's ha- let, let's see. Um, Actually, I take that back. I think when he when they're at that doctor in like the middle. Oh, of nowhere, yeah. And like, that's the first scene where I'm like, OK, I feel like something's actually happening with this movie. Their relationship is starting to grow. This is where like the movie really starts, which is not a good place to start because it's an hour into the movie. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things I don't like about this movie, but it's not its fault. Um, I think you thing you realize about Tom Cruise character. We have no idea whether or not Tom Cruise would have gotten along with Dustin Hoffman at all. If he wasn't a savant, because there's a lot of autistic people who yeah. aren't savants or maybe they, they, hyper focus on one or two areas and they know everything about that area but it might not be numbers it might not be memorization of just anything and yeah. i think the reason that tom cruise comes around so fast is basically his brother bails him out playing blackjack at vegas which we all knew was going to happen if you have a guy who's good with numbers of course you're going to vegas um we have no idea if that relationship would have been repaired if they didn't go to vegas yeah, or if his autism was any more debilitating, you know, that relationship probably wouldn't have formed either. Right. If he was like it, nonverbal, it was, it, this would have been it would have been impossible. Yeah. So it it's very much a hey, these are the best situation. This is the best situation that we can give you 
given the circumstances, and that's what we're going to portray. Right. And it works, because this is not, like I said, it's not unrealistic. Um, But also- But it's only one side of a story. Yeah. It's, the reason it works is because in order for us to believe that Tom Cruise is as bad of a person as we see him, we needed to give him something to work with. Like- a person who was truly that bad would never have had redeeming qualities if he was further on the non-functioning part of the spectrum. You know? He would never came around. So, like, we want them to replay this relationship. We want them to start to care for each other. So, we kind of need to give this guy some shallow stuff to work with. Which is fine, because it's also real-world stuff. You know? Yeah. But... And... I found myself relating to Raymond on certain aspects more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a scene at the beginning of the movie where Charlie, uh, Tom Cruise's character, is, like, going through all of his books and stuff. And Raymond has to leave the room because he's so anxious about people going through his stuff. Hey, man, I feel that. I I, I hate to say it, but I've done probably a very similar thing. Right. And there are just, like, little things like having rituals and like patterns that you're comfortable with and like i think it was it was portrayed very well and like these are things that i relate to not to the severity but yeah and that's really a lot of what autism is it's just taking something to the extreme where it affects how you interact with the world the fact that he has he has things that calm him like everybody does except his thing is reciting abbott and costello's who's on first word for word which if you which, if you have not seen that bit before watching this movie, you are going to not understand a minor but significant part of this movie. Yeah. Minor in the fact that it doesn't probably change how you're going to view this movie. Major being it comes up all the time. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, dude, it was just it was awesome. I think the ending was also very realistic. It's not what we wanted. But like. Yeah, but that makes sense. Because what ends up happening, because we're not doing a spoiler section, um, is he gets taken from his facility where he gets taken care of. All of his basic needs are taken care of. Um, and he gets taken to L.A. And they go, hey, let's have a custody battle. You know what? Because um, Tom Cruise is trying to get the money. In the beginning, he's trying to get the money. And the facility's like, this is not what's best for him. So they literally have a custody battle. And in the end, the facility's like, we know him more. We can provide better for his needs. And then Tom Cruise is like, listen, we've formed this relationship now. I'll just come and start visiting you. That doesn't mean I can't see you. You're my brother and I care about you. And I'm like, that's realistic. A person you haven't seen or talked to in 25 years can't spend a week with you and get custody. Like, that's not how real life works. So I now talking about it, I appreciate it. And it's one of those things where, like, they're having – uh like a medical discussion before the court hearing we never see the court hearing we only hear um the medical discussion that happens where there's a doctor like an independent doctor that's basically interviewing charlie and raymond to see if Ray if charlie is fit to hand to oh take by the way that doctor seemed like such a quack like he had no idea what he was talking about <laughs> also a lot and, of times this movie came out in 1988 it was realistic that a lot of psychologists didn't know what autism was yeah and it, this, like, from a realistic perspective, we understood that Raymond needed to go back to the facility. However, that doctor was making it so difficult for Charlie. I was also, I was, I was also 
incredibly on Charlie's side just because of how frustrating this doctor was right with Charlie. But yeah, I agree. Like there's a moment where the doctor is questioning Raymond and he's like, do you know the difference between going with Charlie or going back to the facility? And the uh, Raymond responds in such a way where it's clear. No, he doesn't. Um, and it's just, and that's kind of like the moment where it's like, well, we know how this, we know what the next 10 minutes of this movie is going to be now. Right. We hope that it doesn't, but like, we know it makes sense that it did happen this way. Of, oh, we also, and, oh, there was another point that I wanted to make sure. during that scene where Tom Cruise, where you talk about the realism and like how, like how you want him to, how it's not realistic for one person to take care of somebody after just meeting them that week. And Tom Cruise has a line where he's like, yeah, we formed a bond over this week. Have you spent 24 hours a day with him seven days a week? And I'm like, I totally get where you're coming from. And I love this passion. But then the doctor says like, so you have decided to spend the rest of your life taking care of him because you spent a week with the guy. And I'm like, "Mm, but you also make a really good point. Right. Um, we also have totally not did not discuss the relationship that happened this entire movie uh, between Charlie Babbitt and Susanna. Yeah. My very first note is I really do not like the relationship between Tom Cruise and this and Susanna. Uh, they have zero chemistry and he's also just a bad boyfriend. He's a bad guy in this. And Susanna is a freaking sweetheart and a smoke show. And yeah. she did not. First of all, the whole time I'm like, you deserve better. You're, you're, you deserve better. This guy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, works with Lamborghinis, which is nice and stuff. But like, what are you getting out of this relationship? She seems like the kind of person who sees the best in everybody, but eventually just like is fed up with how Charlie is treating his brother Raymond. And I'm like, you did the right thing by leaving and kind of breaking it off. Being like, I can't be around this anymore. You're treating him so badly. But at the same time, you didn't help out the brother, which is not your, no, it's and not she, your problem. But at the same time. It's I was totally so not. on her side, like this entire movie. I'm like, you are genuinely a great human being. And then she comes back while they're in Vegas and does help out the brother a lot more and helps Charlie out a lot more. And it's like, this woman is just like, she's doing her best. Yeah, she's the best, dude. Uh, there's I've met quite a few people that are like that. And I'm like, you are amazing. And the, um, send it. No, I was I was gonna change subjects. So oh, I also she's foreign. I think she's Italian. Um, her accent was incredible. It wasn't fake. She's actually Italian, and I, you would be crazy not to fall in love with her. Just as you would be crazy not to think Tom Cruise is the worst person ever, you'd be crazy <laughs> not to think that yeah. Valeria is not the most amazing, beautiful person ever. And the fact that they were those two in your relationship just made me mad. Um. So the other really relevant note that I have is the note that I have while the will was being read to him. Charlie gets really upset because he like none of the estate is being left to him. But also it, it's the first see like we get a little uncomfortable with Charlie, like a little uneasy around him for the first like 15 minutes of the movie. But then you have the he gets the will read to him. And he starts freaking out because nothing was left to him. And I'm like, hey, bud, you haven't talked to your dad in 10 years. What What did you expect? What did you expect? Yeah. Uh, bro. 
Yeah, it was. Um, there's a lot of things about him that made me uncomfortable. I'm like, this is the point. I'm so glad he was able to redeem himself because he dug himself a hole, bro. And the fact Pretty that he even in. broke even is impressive. Very impressive. Yeah, this might be one of my favorite Tom Cruise movies. Like this, okay, live, die, repeat. There's probably a couple more, but like this is up there, dude. Like top three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any other major notes that you wanted to go to? Nothing too crazy. Dude, shout out Dustin Hoffman. I got to watch more of his movies. He did such an amazing yeah, job. Totally. I agree. And this movie also handled a very sensitive issue 40 years ago. Not quite 40 years, but like 35. Like this, they handled this movie aged so well. And here's the thing. Um, we've discussed, as we've discussed a lot during this segment, like obviously autism is a spectrum and no one performance can capture everything that autism means the fact that you give me a disclaimer makes me mad at our audience not mad at you just mad at our audience because hey audience obviously okay yeah and and this movie means different things for different people in the community because some people still feel like it's too stereotyped and whatnot but the fact of the matter is this movie started a conversation that nobody was having back then uh and like i even looked into it and i forget where the article was from but an article said yeah, this movie did more to start the conversation about autism than like any public awareness campaign ever could. And I think that in and of itself speaks to the legacy of this movie, I think is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Dude, it was, it was freaking awesome. Okay. Um, obviously, not every, I've, I've said it before. I'm not saying it again. You know. And if you don't, you probably all of our good audience members. I think if you've been following us for this long, you know. So I'm not going to say it, but we all know. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Do you want to give this movie a rating? Yeah. A flat eight for me. I'm giving it a seven and a half. Very good movie, but the slow parts was, were not fun. So seven and a half. Yeah. I was, I was purely in it for the, for the acting, which is phenomenal. And the characters, which were phenomenal. The plot needs a little bit of work, but as far as just like the performances were ridiculous and I'm on board. For I that. do want to say, I do want to say one last thing. I was a little upset because I thought this was going to be a car movie because they spend the first 15 minutes talking about cars. I'm like, Alex, we just spent a month doing this. <laughs> I had a feeling, well, they start off with a Lamborghini, Lamborghini Countach, which is like everyone's favorite car from the eighties. Um, so, and then you see four of them lined up and I'm like, this is awesome. Uh, and then we talk about the Buick, which they end up driving cross country. But I knew kind of, I've seen the toothpick scene. Um, and I think I've seen the calculator scene with the psychologist. Those are the only two scenes I've seen about this movie. I hadn't seen anything else. So I knew we were going to go somewhere else. But overall, dude, super impressed. I loved where it went. Yeah. All right, Alex, would you like to welcome back our non-movie listeners? Welcome back, non-movie listeners. It was a great movie. Don't know why you how skipped did it, this. How did it feel only missing half the podcast this time? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> dude, our audience is going through it, man. They are, This is gone a... Through we're it. seriously... Okay, so we've been doing this almost a year. We're in a long-term relationship with our listeners. Assuming they have been sticking with us since the beginning, or maybe you joined late and went back to the beginning to see everything... We're in a serious relationship right now with you. So thank you for making it through a thick and thin, long movie, short movie, series, theme yeah. months, regular Especially, random months. Uh, You're doing the most. 
especially those of you that uh, post our new episodes in your Instagram story. Zoe, I see you. Appreciate you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Alex, what's the improv segment? Uh, we're going to do an old one. And I'm not a huge fan of it, but I know the audience is most of the time, and you're a big fan. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's Pod and Cast team up, dude. All right. We haven't done this one in a hot minute. It's been So we might need to shake minute. the dust off. So basically how this breaks down is one of us will pick the character and the other person will pick an alternative character. Usually actors, superheroes, characters, people everybody knows. It doesn't have to be real, but people everybody knows. Or even just like, I, I want to broaden it because I feel like the last time we did this, we got too bogged down on trying to pick like movie characters. We can also do just like, types of people if that makes sense i would rather not but we can oh okay like because we can i mean there's so many characters why are we doing inventing new people you know we got comic (laughs) books tv shows movies regular books um real people which is actors musicians politicians there's so many people so what are we doing you know, so I will go back and forth. One person picks a character, one person picks their co-star, and we also, also, also Lee, also decide on a setting, and then we just freaking go for it. I guess. Yeah, sure. Um, um, do you obviously, have that's any... not exactly what we did. So all you people who listen to the podcast cast team up that we put out, you know, six months ago. Yeah, it's a little different because I don't do research, and you should know that by now. So, Craig, I think the first character. Should be uh, the first character that came to my mind is Cat in the Hat, but I don't know how to do a good Cat in the Hat impression. I don't think anybody <laughs> does. So instead, we're going to do Barney. So that means your character, um, or your. I'm going to give you it. Yeah, I'm going to give you a character. Uh, it's gonna be Dom Toretto. Oh, nice. All right, <laughs> and this is going to take place. I think. Um, they're stuck in an elevator. Okay. Hey, Dom, how's it going? It seems we're stuck in an elevator here. This is a Pennywise voice. <laughs> what is wrong with you, dude? Do you want to start from the top? Yeah. Hold on. I I have to figure out how to make that voice. Then. Oh boy. I don't. I haven't heard that voice in so long. It's, I'm I'm conjuring it up switch? in my mind. Do you want to be down to red and not be Barney? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's switch. Sure. Hi there, Dom. What's going on with you? Looks like we're stuck in this room. This is an elevator that we've that we're stuck in. Uh, obviously, uh, the cable seems to be uh seems to be slowly breaking. The threads of the carbon fiber are already uh are already uh, dwindling apart, so we're going to have to Man, move fast. Man, you sure have a lot of, of lines, Dom. You usually don't talk this much. Dom, well, shouldn't you say something about your team coming to get us and how you're not worried? Well, since I'm the only one in this scene, I have to do most of the heavy lifting, as you can obviously understand. I was, now, I was like hoping you, you would introduce us to your team. Well, obviously my team's not here yet. Can uh, you get them on the phone? Uh, well... I'm unfortunately not getting very good reception here. So normally the way my team works is uh, they drive really fast to get here. And yeah. uh, even though it looks like uh, they have a lot of time to get here, they only swoop in at the last second to get uh, to get us out of the bad situation. Do you know what I do when I'm scared, Dom? 
I sing a song. You want to sing a song with me? Uh, yeah, actually, I would. Are you familiar with my theme song? It's pretty popular. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty familiar. Let's go. I love you. You love me. Barney, you're kind of leaving me out. You're hanging me out to dry here. Here's the thing about recording a podcast. I knew there was going to be a little bit of lag and we would not be on time. So I was just going to let you handle it because you're a fan of mine. Okay, well, we're killing a lot of time here and the carbon fibers oh, and the wiring looks are like continuing we're falling. to break and we only have... Looks we're like falling. we're falling. Uh, well, it was nice uh, meeting our- you, Dom. See you <laughs> in heaven. Well, I want to make sure that we're both dead before we hit the ground, Coxgun. Wow, we're we're still falling, huh? <laughs> Man, still falling. Where are we, Dubai? <laughs> this is a really high elevator. <laughs> Ceiling cracks open, yeah. helicopters flying above, grapple rope springs down. We're this lifted must to be safety. Your team. Well, uh, yeah. I guess this is the end of the scene. My name's Deckard Shaw. It was all an elaborate plan. Coxgun. How can we end the scene at your Coxgun, but not my Coxgun? Because I was halfway through saying, we're still falling. You said Coxgun. I'm like, we're still falling. And now we both have guns. Anyways, um, (laughs) around that, you know, to make it good. Uh, New character? Yeah. Our audience is just skipping right now through this entire (laughs) scene. And just like 15, <laughs> 15, 15 seconds, seconds, 15 seconds, 15 seconds. 15 15 seconds. seconds. <laughs> Are they still talking about it? 15 seconds, 15 seconds. Um, okay, you, your character is going to be Spider-Man. Very quippy, very heartfelt. Which, uh, which Spider-Man? Um, you can pick. Okay. And your character is going to be... Um, well, we're recording this on Juneteenth. No, we're not. <laughs> yes, we are. So no, we're not. Your character hey, is going to be on, Martin Luther King. Do you know King. when Juneteenth is? Hey, Timeout, do you know when Juneteenth is? Listen, I was really hoping <laughs> that. Well, here's the thing, Craig. It's called comedy. The audience doesn't know when we're recording this. It can be whenever. <laughs> okay, sure. But sure, interrupt my bit to say, hey, yeah, Juneteenth is June 19th. That's fine. The audience Listen, doesn't sometimes, know when this is coming out. No, they know exactly when it's coming out because we have a schedule. They don't know when we're recording it. Well, see, see Alex, it's you tomorrow. Understand is sometimes hey, audience, let's pull back the curtain. We're recording this on a Friday. Yeah. Sometimes we record on a Saturday. Now, I lied. It's Friday. It's the day before Juneteenth. To be specific, it's five hours and 45 minutes. Now, I was trying to make humor by making craig play martin luther king because of juneteenth but guess what craig it's not juneteenth and you're still gonna be martin luther king are you happy no i'm not no i'm not i yes. am actually okay you don't no, have to I'm be not. martin luther king you're gonna be malcolm x i can be john lennon you can be, I can be john x. lennon you can be uh, muhammad ali i'll give you choices man. you know what? i'll give you an actor you can either be denzel washington martin lawrence or DMX RIP. I suggest you don't pick DMX. <laughs> unless you're gonna I suggest I don't choose any time. of them. Hey, 
Welcome to Permanent Good, a podcast that's part movie club, part me dodging Alex trying to like throw me into the pits of hell. Bro, you already came, you started with a list, okay? We knew this episode was going to be a wash. Now it's time to get back to the viewers. I feel viewers humiliated. And give me your best Martin Luther King impression. Who's my character no, again? I, I I'm don't Spider-Man. Even, you're Spider-Man. Right. So we're both, you're playing a black character, I'm playing, I'll do Tobey Maguire's bat, uh, Spider-Man. I could I yeah. could have choose uh Miles Morales, but I'll go Toby McGuire. Hey, it's me, John Lennon. Hi. Welcome to the seventies, man. What's your name? First of all, I'm pretty sure Spider Man did not exist in the seventies. He was about to be in the comic books, but it's not gonna be Toby McGuire's. So excuse no. me while I switch Spider Man's from the Spider Man I told you I was going to play to make you feel more included. Hey John Lennon! You know, it's your neighborhood, Spider-Man. What can I do for you? Do you need to be saved? Um, we need a backup drummer for this album we're recording. Yeah. Ringo did a little bit too much heroin. Family friendly show. And <laughs> now he's a little passed out on the ground. So I just need you to take these drumsticks and like, Beat in like a four-four time signature, hundred and twenty beats per minute. Think you can handle that? Um, I don't know how much you know about me. That's really not my specialty. Um, music as a whole—it's not my art. My art's more photography. I appreciate you reaching out, man. Huge fan. But I think I got to go save some people. I thought this was an emergency. Yeah, uh, I recommend you save someone named Yoko Ono from our terrible marriage before things. Start to uh, snowball downhill. So, are you having me save her from you? Or are you having me save the band from her? I really don't understand. A little bit of both, actually. Well, what I think you should be more concerned about is the fact that you're going to get murked in 1980. So... Well, it's going to be it's probably for the best. If I'm being honest, are you what are you, are you saying that you should get killed because you feel so guilty for what you're doing? I think it's probably just for the betterment of society. We made like two good albums that people don't care about anymore. My time is done. Are you? Do you want me to help you kill yourself? Is that the stance you're taking? Assisted suicide? Now, I can't say anything uh, definitive because people are listening. But any interpretation... What is this room, bugged? What do you mean people are listening? What? Are you good, man? Also, aren't you British? Shouldn't you have an accent or something? Shh. Cox gun. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> yeah. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is podcast team up. Okay. Hate it right. or love it, it's content. All right. We're moving to our middle segment. This is the segment that we take a little bit of time to prepare beforehand. Uh, it's usually an interactive element of some sort. We are bringing back red flags, but a bum. So, the way this works is I have created three categories. Each category has nine red flags of progressively progressively worse red flags. 
And Alex, you have to decide when you are going to bail, when these red flags are simply too much for you anymore. Sure, man. I'm down. All right. First up. Yep. We're going to talk about your dream car. Uh, already right? know, Dude, I have a list of dream cars, but let's just I, I go with a uh, 2020 Dodge Hellcat Red Eye wide body um, all right all black matte black oh no all black glossy with matte back matte black racing stripes um custom interior obviously with my brand instead of the hellcat logo um a couple more things probably gonna get it bagged it's a, it's a perfect car ladies and gentlemen um all right are you ready to hear me uh, tack on some red flags to this car. Send it. Okay, first red flag. It only gets 10 miles to the gallon for country, 7 for city. Okay, but well. But the tank is still big enough to where you only fill it up once a week. So far, realistic. I uh, knew that when I bought it. So, sticking okay. with it. Alright, two. There is a permanent hot pink underglow, even when the engine is off. <sighs> trying to think of a way way out of this i'm trying to think i guess if it's all right i'm taking it i'll just only drive it in the day so you can't see the underglow that dude you almost broke me on the second one <laughs> all right I, I want my there car aren't... exactly how i want it in my head changing it is literally taking away from my perfect car which i guess is the point of the game continue all right three there are no internal speakers the radio doesn't work no cd player no bluetooth the internal speakers do not work. Which is hard for me because I'm a big... I guess I can just play it off my phone. Yeah. Which is going to suck. You could bring a speaker with you. Or you could bring a speaker. I'll just bring a speaker. I love speakers. The back seat is also not big enough for almost anybody. I'll just bring speakers if I need it that bad. I think just listening to the supercharger is going to be fine. All right. I'm good. Fourth. Yep. The AC only works at 10%. Well, it's a black car. So... That's going to be a problem. Um, it is. And I'm only going to drive it when there's no snow on the ground. So I think you just mean now I can only drive it when it's sunny in the out. spring. In the spring and the fall. And yeah, I'll do that. It just can't be a summer car, which sucks. But it yeah. can't be a summer car. Or it'll just be a summer car in like Michigan, not North Carolina. Number five. Yep. The car attracts constant stoplight street races. So you pull up to a stoplight. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen regardless, you. dude. It's a it's a beast of a car. That's kind of the point. Sticking with it. Okay. <laughs> this is where things get a little whack. What are we at? Seven? Uh, number six. Oh, yeah. This is number six. Once a month, the same make and model car will be involved in a hit and run. So I'm going to get pulled over all the time. Well, here's the thing. I'm not. I can't. I got to quit. Because the f- I'm going to get shot. <laughs> I am. I do not have an amazing relationship with police officers. Or more often, they don't have a great relationship with me. Um, so I think that's where I'm going to draw the line, you know, at my health and safety. Yeah. So, Would you like to hear the rest of them? Yeah, send it. Uh, every time somebody else is in the car with you, they have a 10% chance of throwing up. Oh, yeah. I would have. That would have been it, dude. I would, Actually, I would just uh, never have other people in the car with me. So I probably would have said yes to that one. 
All right. Number eight would have been every time you drive the car, you have a 5% chance of throwing up. One in 20? Yeah. I guess I could just fl- throw up over this out the side of the car. I would have said yes. I want this car so bad. I would have said yes. And then number nine would have been if you park this car at a public establishment for more than two hours, someone will key your car. I literally would have said yes to all of those, but six was so bad. I couldn't sure, do sure, it. Sure, totally, totally. So bad, but yeah, that wasn't too. That wasn't all too right. crazy. Yeah. Next one, dream movie. Dream movie. We watch a, we watch uh, a lot of movies. Alex uh, has his opinions on movies, so we're gonna see how quickly I can break them. Yeah. So, Tenant is top three. I think it's Tenant, Dark Knight, and Prestige. All Christopher okay. Nolan movies. Uh, number one. Yeah. Pretty easy. Pretty basic. If you if you say no to this, I will be surprised. There are six characters. And only one of them is a man. Oh, dude. I'm just going to say this for blanket Christopher Nolan movie. Let's say a new Christopher Nolan movie comes out. It's going to be my favorite. Yeah, I'm saying yes to that. Okay. Number two. It is a foreign film, but there is an English dub. I'm doing it. And I'm going to I'm gonna be no. as subtitles. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to have it dubbed. Number three. It is 90 minutes long. That sucks for me. I know it does. I love long movies, especially if this is one of my favorite movies. I'm going to want it to be longer, I guess. I'm still saying yes, but that sucks. Uh, You can only watch it by purchasing the Platinum 4K UHD disc. You know, those ones that are like $40 at Walmart. Yeah, doing it. Heartbeat. Uh, This movie is notorious for having an incredibly problematic fan base. I'm still doing it. Most of my most of the things I support have a problematic fan base. I'm also a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> problematic fan base. <laughs> Next. Uh, six. The action is mixed louder than the dialogue to a deafening effect. Oh, no, dude. That's the sign <laughs> of a bad movie. That's a bad movie. What are we at? Six? Yeah, this is six. I'm going to give you the oh. next one because I think you're because I think you're going to. Pat, I think you're going to accept the next one. So number seven is it is critically panned and completely swept the Razzies. I feel like if you like a movie, you don't care about. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care. Okay. So knowing that, do you still. Dude. Are you still cool with six? How many action scenes? are? How much do I have to deal? If it's an action movie, I'm going to be in trouble. Like Dunkirk. (laughs) Christopher Nolan film, the whole thing is guns and war. I would be doomed. I'm gonna quit. I'm quitting at six. I need I need the audio to okay. be fixed. The next one would have been there is no movement. It's only one picture per shot. And then number nine is the aspect ratio is modified so it can only take up forty percent of whatever screen you're watching it on. I would have said yes to that. It was dude, six and eight were so bad. <laughs> I couldn't do it. It would break it for me. It would make it from my favorite movie, one through five, still could be my favorite movie. Six, one of the worst movies. <laughs> we would be flaming it on this podcast. All right, last one. Yeah. Uh Dream Spouse, aka what Macy can get away with. Yeah, what Macy can get away with, sure. All right, number one. Always sticks their cold feet on you. Yep. In my marriage currently. Next. Okay. She's going to be like, Number no, two. I don't. You used to. And it's, it's right there. <laughs> I can access that memory right now. Number two. They will only drive if they are the only one in the car. Yep. 
So that the only thing that sticks a fork in, I think it's supposed to be wrench, but you know, utensils, um, is designated drivers. So I get less, just going to have to start getting an Uber, but I drive most of the time anyway. All right. Number three, this is where the, this is where the parallels kind of start to de- deviate. Uh, they are a foot taller than you. Don't care. All right. Number four, their favorite movie is Sonic the Hedgehog. Don't care. We just won't watch it. We don't watch my favorite movie all the time because I don't like watching rewatching movies. So I'd watch it once. Also, she was like super big in the office. She's seen it three times. Um, office, the series, obviously. I would catch it here and there, but I didn't sit and watch it with her all the time. That really doesn't bug me. It just means they have bad taste in movies. Um, number five, they only cook frozen meals. So that's a problem because I need Macy to cook for my survival. Otherwise, I'm going <laughs> to eat cereal every day. Um, <laughs> I guess that means I would have to cook or I would just buy frozen meals that I like. It's not a deal breaker. It's just my... Yeah, it's not a deal breaker. Okay, number six. They have a pair of sunglasses. Your sixes have been to t- killing me recently, so I hope I can get <laughs> They have a pair of sunglasses that they refuse to take off. It's not OCD or a physical sensitivity. They just really like those sunglasses. The problem with that, knowing Macy now, I it wouldn't bother me. It would have interfered with me dating her, so we would have never gotten to this point. I would have been like, oh, this chick's weird. So, but now, so what if like, so what if you guys say like, I do, she pulls out sunglasses in her bag and put them on and never takes them off except to sleep. I'll just convince whenever we go out in public, I'll just be like, um, she's blind. <laughs> she can maneuver right, things perfectly. Uh, she uses echolocation, but she's blind. <laughs> My wife is daredevil. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. That wouldn't. Oh, yeah, if we could fast forward the first three years of our relationship, skip straight to marriage, yeah, I would have been down. Number seven, they tell their parents every single small detail about your lives. Yeah, I don't care. Okay. I think that'd be more of a flex than anything. I think that'd Including be the, the ultimate intimate flex. details? We just get done, like, you know, doing it. And she just shoots a text to her parents, just group text, which they're divorced, by the way. So the fact that they're in a group text. It's not ideal. Just be like, yeah, Alex just laid the pipe. It was pretty sweet. All right, I'm going to bed. That would be sick, dude. What a flex. That would be awesome. All right, number eight. Yeah. They think they can beat you at everything, but never wants to prove it. I would just turn that into a joke. I don't care. I've met people like that in real life. Like a girl. I'm like, I. she went to the gym all the time. I never went to the gym. I'm like, I promise you I could kick your butt. She's like 5'1", 100 pounds. She's like, no, you can't. I go to the gym. I'm like, I don't care. I've got 70 pounds on you and a foot. You would die. Um, and I think that's just, it's just more fun, especially for everybody else too. Then you just make fun of that person. Yeah. All, dude, no deal breakers here. I'm making Hold it. Hold on. Okay. So let's talk about this for a second. Yeah. <laughs> So you're just going to bully your spouse? Listen, if she thinks she's better than me and stuff and not willing to prove it, there's consequences. I'm staying with you, but there's consequences, bro. All and right, at some number point, nine, it would just be funny for me. All right, number nine, they will not budge on having five kids. Yeah, I'm down. I don't care. If we, here's the thing. If you will not budge on having five kids, we, I will not budge on you getting a job. 
<laughs> That's how I feel about that. This is not me <laughs> digging Macy now because we don't have five kids. Nor does she want five kids. But if she did want five kids, I'd be like, well, you have a psych degree. Go back to school. Get your master's. And, you know, psych people. What would that number have to be for it to be the deal breaker? No, that would if she refused to work, I would just um Well no, I'm, I'm not talking about refusing to work. Like what is there a number of how many kids you have for it to be a deal breaker? I'm get, I have to work backwards. Double digits is wrong. Nine is not good. Eight is not good. I think it might be seven. Seven Seven is the highest you'll go. Seven's seven the is the highest I'll go. Seven okay. we couldn't even think about having kids after seven. Seven's good. Um Seven's seven. Crazy you're calling high. up your doctor. That's really high. But I know that, like, I would have to be wildly successful in order that to work. And I could be wildly successful, and we still have to live like lower middle class in order to make it work. But I think I could do it. And I, the only reason I say that is because my dad's one of seven, my mom is one of nine. I know how they were raised. I know how it worked. You know, um, my grandpa on my dad's side is one of thirteen. I know what it looks like to have a buttload of kids. I think seven, I could do it any more than seven. You know, you have kids graduating college and other kids still in the house. Although my dad, his parents fit in seven kids in 10 years. So Ooh. it's possible. Yeah. Seven's my number. So. All dude, right. Mason just went through the ringer. Yeah. That's how much I love her, bro. Yeah. Well, that was our middle segment. Red Not flags. Bad, Forgot the name of it for a second. Um, uh, This is now we're moving on to our one hit wonder. Our one hit wonder, never coming back, is called Goldilocks's 30 Questions. So, we're, do you know, everyone's familiar with the game 20 Questions. One person thinks of one thing and the other person gets to ask 20 questions. However, I'm giving you an extra 10 questions. I'm going to think of something and you have to do the Goldilocks method. So, you'll have to pick two things and I'll tell you which one it's closer to. So, instead of saying, okay. is it bigger than a bread box? You have to say, is it closer to a bread box or an airplane? And I'll tell you that way. And you're going to try and guess what I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Totally. Um, so let me think of one thing. Uh, got it. All right. Is it, cl- and when we say closer, obviously we don't mean physically. We mean like. Yeah. Uh, Comparing similarities. How many similar, is it more yeah. similar to this than this? Is it, is it closer to outside or inside? Inside. Is it closer to a residence or a or a business business is it closer to an office or a factory uh an office is it closer to is it closer to clothing or a pencil <sighs> pencil see this is, okay so what just happened is i said two things that were completely not even close to what Alex had in mind and he had to make a and he had to make a judgment call. <laughs> yeah. Obscure connection. <laughs> but yeah, uh pencil. Okay. So is it closer to a whiteboard or a shoe? A shoe. Okay, so it was five close questions to clothing, but it is close to a shoe. Okay. <laughs> um is it closer to a mouth or 
to um attire. Attire. Can I make guesses along the way to see if I'm right? Sure. And those won't count. Okay. But you can only the, do just, one guess in between questions cuz That's just... to- that's of course. Um I'm going to just a, just a random branch question. Is it like the sole of a shoe? No. Or like the heel? Okay. Is it closer to What do I do if you guess it in the comparison? I f- what a great question. I hadn't thought about that. Like the part of me that's playing the game wants me to say just, I'll tell, just tell me you. because I'll I'm never going to Yeah, that's okay. what, that's what I'll do. I'll is it you. is it closer to a car or a desk? A desk. Is it closer to a chair or electricity? Electricity. Okay, so we've got tire, shoe, electricity. Is it closer to a microphone or a camera? I know those are bad. Uh, we are once again in the obscure category. This one, it, take your pick. Um. Okay. So, in okay. So I'll count that as null. We can even count that towards that the total. That was so but, bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is it closer to drywall or is it closer to plastic? Drywall. Is it like a poster? No. Okay. Is it closer to a picture? Or is it closer to a video? Uh, video? Ten questions. It makes me. That makes me think there's movement involved. Is it closer to a search engine, or is it closer to a notebook? A s- search engine. That's gone. That's going to be controversial. Is it a dictionary? Is it closer? I'm really stuck in the office and I don't know if that's helping me or not. Is it closer to a lamp or is it closer to grass? Lamp. Is it a light bulb? No. Is it closer to, is it closer to a light bulb or is it closer to a phone? Hmm. Good question. Say a uh, light bulb. Okay, so I'm guessing there's a more utility use to it than, like, I don't know. Okay, so is it closer to, is it closer to a piano, or is it closer to a door? A door. Is it an elevator? Nailed it. In 13. In 13, bro. That felt good. Dude, mic or camera for an elevator? What would you have said? I Yeah, I probably wouldn't. I would not have known what to say either. Notebook or search engine? So the the reason I asked that question is because I was trying to figure out if it was virtual or physical. Um, Didn't help because... <laughs> um, yeah, I had a lot of those questions that were like, this is what I want out of it. And this yeah. is how I'm. G- but um, obviously it doesn't work that way all the time. Yeah, that was tough, dude. Um, we're not going to do my yeah. end because uh, it's no, one hit not. and it's I don't think it's quite good enough to stick around. And guess what? Even if it was, couldn't. 
Uh, yeah. But yeah, audience, let me know if you would have gotten that in 13 or if that would have taken you the whole 30 because that was difficult. And you didn't get it on a comparison. You got it on a guess, which is impressive. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening to Permanent Good. Uh, Alex, do you have any encore movies that you've been watching? Um, Not movies, TV shows. I recently got into Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, also, yep. probably won't be finishing it. It's not as dynamic as it would have liked. It's, it's good. It's also 10 seasons. Yeah, it's good. I'm about five episodes in. I just don't think it's captivating. Um, I did sure, start watching sure. Kaminsky Method um, on Netflix. It's Michael Douglas and um, Alan Arkin. And yeah, my parents love that show. It's really good. So okay. I would highly recommend that. Yeah. Um, we're also very, very excited to watch the new Cruella DeVille movie with Emma Stone, Cruella. And we're going to watch 101 Dalmatians first. So we might watch that by the time we record our next podcast. But either way, we're very excited to watch that. What about you, Craig? Is we we or is we Macy? Me is 100% (laughs) Macy. And I'm like, "Ah, it couldn't hurt. I haven't watched 101 Dalmatians forever. And uh, Cruella, I'm not against watching movies. So I'm down. And you mean the Meryl Streep one, right? The Meryl Streep 101 Dalmatians? Yes. Okay. Good, good, good. The correct one. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, I've been. I went and saw Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Yes. What'd you think? Uh, it was my it was my first movie back in theaters since we saw Tenet. Um, if you liked the first one, you will like this one not as much, but enough to <laughs> uh, justify buying a ticket. Okay. Uh, the plot sucked. Wait, justify buying a ticket. How much was the ticket? Ten dollars. Okay, justify. It's a ten dollar movie. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Plot sucked. Samuel L. Jackson wasn't great, but Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynolds and Selma Hayek carries that movie. She's oh so my awesome, God. Dude. She carries that movie so, so hard. Good. Yeah. So uh, I probably wouldn't recommend seeing it in theaters, but if you liked it, rent it when it comes out. You just said it's worth a ticket. Is it? <laughs> you just said you wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> you just said dude (laughs) oh you you're right i did i did i'm trying to figure out what i really here's the thing is if it's worth renting it's worth five dollars if it's not worth seeing but it's not worth ten dollars okay let me put it this way it is worth seeing in theaters it is not a good first movie back watch a better movie first and then go see this one in theaters okay sounds good i'm just like i'm so confused (laughs) all right man well that's the podcast and it's not nearly as long as the last one so i'm about it all right next week we are watching wild hogs starring tim allen and john travolta i'm gonna be honest my hopes are not high for this one but we have a surprise coming with that episode that i think is gonna be worth it in the end uh you can follow us on socials at permanent good uh, otherwise, I am permanent. Nope, that's not how the outro goes. Yep. My name is Craig Wells, aka Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, aka Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mama said hi. See you next week. Deuces.